Speaking of men doing their jobs. Oh, Mark Malusis. He always does his job. That's why he's back with us here on BetMGM tonight. Reminder, you can catch our conversation with him on the Odyssey app if you type in the show name. Mark, thanks for joining the show this evening. How you doing, brother? What's going on, guys? I, I think I have to lose some weight. I don't think I'm going to be a pulling guard at all for Saquon Barkley, but I do have to <laughs> drop some pounds. But I appreciate you giving the, uh, the pop on the uh, the social media, the Twitter there, Quinn. Come on, Mark. You know you know I'm always a fan of your game, man. And I, and I see you're, <laughs> you're smiling, looking good. I, I miss sitting down at training camp and talking to the football players. To, oh, my gosh. Odorizzi just gave up a home run to Marte in the – Top of the first. So that bet is dead. Odorizzi. Told you, you just got to get the shirts. Thanks for nothing. Shirts are, <laughs> oh my gosh, it doesn't even matter. Mark, let's talk about some football, though. And we'll start with the Giants. That's that's your squad that you know. What, the most, rather, what do you expect from this team this year? Because I think we're all conflicted of just on just the NFC East in general. I don't think there's a clear-cut favorite as much as the odds makers want to make us believe. It is Dallas. What do you think about this Giants team? Is Daniel Jones really ready to take the leap this year? Have they given him enough to, to operate in? Just what's your overall outlook on the squad? You know, I, I think Jones has got enough. I mean, I think the offensive line will be better. Um, and, I mean, it was rock bottom the last couple of years. Giant fans in this area, you've heard about the, the and talked about the offensive line for really the last decade since the Giants won their last Super Bowl in, in what, 2011. So it's been a long time. I think the O-line will be better. Um, you know, like the fact Neil's going to be a stud at one of the tackle spots. As long as Thomas's ankle injury, he'll be fine you know, at left tackle. So the, the line will be better. You know, you, you look at the wide receiver spots, Robinson, the rookie wide receivers impressed in camp. Everyone liked Kadarius Tony last year. Now he's got to go out there and stay healthy. Kenny Galladay, we saw when he's healthy, especially in Detroit, much less, uh, lesser so last year with the Giants, because he didn't catch a touchdown, is that you know, the receivers are there. You ask the question about Daniel Jones. I mean, that's that's really the, the great mystery, exactly what Daniel Jones is. Uh, because I, I think there's some that look at him and say the game is not slowed down. He's got all the physical traits you're looking for. He's tall. He's athletic. He can run. You know, he's got a good enough arm. He doesn't have a Josh Allen type arm. And now he's got all the pressure in the world this year without a contract after this season to kind of show himself to, you know, Joe Shane, who didn't draft him, and Brian Dayball. Um, and now he's trying to learn yet another offense as Mike Kafka is calling plays during the course of the preseason. So, you ask about the Giants. I, I think the, the sense I got just being around the team yesterday, you know, in, and, and earlier on in training camp is this. I, you know, they're not making any declarations about playing relevant games in December. I think this is really kind of about kind of taking a massive step forward um, and progress and, and playing games the right way and progress offensively, progress defensively. I think Wink, Wink Martindale defensively is going to have that team as he did down in Baltimore talking to Xavier McKinney yesterday, the safety, the former Alabama Crimson Tide star, you know, he's talking about how aggressive they are. They've really carried the way when you've looked at training camps, when it's been first team defense going up against first team offense. So the giants this year, talent wise, I don't think they're on the level of Dallas, Philadelphia, or Washington. Um, Shane took over a scenario where the roster was kind of depleted. They were in salary cap. Hell Gettleman did a terrible job. Now he's got to deal with the mess of Barkley and Daniel Jones long-term. I think Barkley's going to have a huge year. I, I do. Um, sitting down talking to him on the air and off the air yesterday for picks. Um, he looks great physically. Um, mentally, though, I mean, I, I think it's probably he looks uh, he sounds the best than he has in quite some time. So I think if he stays, he's running with aggression last year. He didn't really trust the knee. Told me that, you know, he's got no doubt about where he, his knee is coming off the ACL. But I think this year, if you're expecting the Giants to, I think the high water mark might be eight wins. 
uh, if everything goes well, so we need. go eight and nine during the season. Well, Mark, that's I'm glad Mark, you said that. Their win total six and a <laughs> half right now at BetMGM. They have the easiest strength of schedule this season. Would you take over six and a half? You think the high water mark is where the where they will finish at eight? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, I, I think they can get to eight. Now that's if everything goes well. Like I think Barkley. Now the the Giants. I will tell you this. I, I don't think they're gonna sink or swim. Tyrod Taylor's look really good. A run in the offense during training camp. He has anyone that's been around him. He's looked probably better than Daniel Jones. I'm not telling you he's all of a sudden going to be starting, um, you know, week one. But I would I would not say that just because of the fact that this you know leadership group doesn't really have any ties to Daniel Jones that they're going to allow the season to to ride or die on on number eight and what he does during the regular season. So Jones is going to get his opportunity to show himself. But I, I think this team, because of that strength of schedule, if things really go well, offensive line significantly better, Barkley kind of running for a contract, guys stay healthy defensively, more aggressive defensively, this team's going to have a bigger personality than they've ever had in the last couple of years, especially with a new head coach in Dayball as compared to Joe Judge. Um, I think they can get to eight. So. I want to get your thoughts also on the Jets, too. So we've got that Zach Wilson injury that seems relatively minor. Meniscus tear just had that surgery done. They expect him to be out somewhere in the two to six range. It's two to six week range. They've got Joe Flacco there, but a gauntlet of a first nine weeks. Maybe one of the worst first nine weeks of any team in terms of who they end up playing, especially in terms of pass rushing teams. Um, what is your assessment of the Jets considering all of that, and what can we expect from them? I believe that their win total is six and a half as well. Yeah, Trista, I, I, I think Joe Douglas, and he said as much, expects his team to play playing meaningful games come December. Wow. So, listen, Wilson, Wilson looked terrible and has not looked good in camp. Uh, the mm-hmm. people that have kind of watched him on a day-in, day-out basis, but he looked bad before he suffered that knee injury against the Eagles. Now it's good. It's only a two- to four-week injury. You know, Flacco has looked really good. I'm not telling you to count on a 37-year-old, but, you know, it really is go time. They built this offense to be successful, right? So now it's got a second-year veteran quarterback in Flacco, probably week one opener against the Baltimore Ravens. Defensively, they've got Carl Lawson. You know, they believe that, and Quinn and Williams, who's improving on the interior, they believe they can get after it. They drafted Sauce Gardner, who they believe is going to be a lockdown corner. I know it's a gauntlet of a schedule, um, but – I would probably take the over six and a half for the Jets this year that they can get to seven or eight victories. I think if this team wins five games or goes five and 12, or if they go four and 13 this year, it is an unmitigated disaster. Like that is the way it'll be painted because the line they brought in Dwayne Brown, Makai Becton was all kinds of lost and dealing with that knee injury, but Brown's not going to be left tackle to moving George France over to right tackle He's a guy who was a pro bowler last year. I know he's soon to be 37. They expect their offensive line to be really good. Um, they've got two solid running backs, Brees Hall and obviously and, and Michael Carter. Um, they think they're going to be able to run it. Now the question has always been what Wilson is going to be a quarterback. And if they win four games this year and Wilson's healthy for the majority of the season, then Zach Wilson has been a massive disaster. Really quick, Mark, do you think they're going to open up the playbook to see what Zach Wilson really is or are they going to just run the ball? No, I think they're I think they're no, I think when, when you have invested, whether it be Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, you draft, you know, Wilson, the rookie wide receiver out of Ohio State, you bring in two tight ends, Ozama for that brought in from Cincinnati, um, in the off season. Tris, I I think it's a case of 
They drafted him because he's Patrick Mahomes light, right? That he can throw off platforms, can throw different arm angles. Look at his, look at his uh, college tape at BYU. Um, he was brought here to be a difference maker. I don't think, I think they want to be able to run it, especially in the Northeast in December, late in the season, you got to be able to run the football. However, I think they put everything around Wilson to make great use of what he is physically, which is a very, very gifted quarterback. The problem is he hasn't shown it and hasn't flashed like a guy like Justin Herbert did in Los Angeles. I'm glad you brought up Herbert. I want to ask you about him, but really quickly, just to follow up with Zach Wilson, because it's obviously only year two, but for Robert Sala and Michael Floor, I mean, you, you don't really have a long shelf life if you're losing games. Do you think there's any chance if it was a complete disaster, they would maybe look for another quarterback next year because it's such a deep class? Yeah. Um, it would be really tough. Um, I, I think you, if it goes really, really bad, I mean, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I... You know, if you win four games this year, Wilson plays the majority of them. He's got more interceptions than touchdowns, and he looks completely lost. I wouldn't say anything's out of the realm of possibility. I, I wouldn't. Now, that is I, – I, I still think there's a lot of talent in Wilson, but if it goes really, really bad, anything's possible. They're, they're here to try and win some games, and this Jet fan base has been dealing with a lot of losing and embarrassing seasons as of late. I love what the Chargers are doing right now because you have Justin Herbert, who's great, but he's on a rookie deal. So today they give Derwin James $76 million. They have Khalil Mack. Are you buying them, though, plus 250 to win the AFC West? Could be the toughest division in NFL history. you got Russell Wilson in Denver now, Patrick Mahomes, and then uh, Devontae Adams joins Derek Carr, obviously, in Vegas. Yeah, no, not at plus 250, I'm not. And I love Herbert. Who doesn't? I mean, he's great. And, who, you know, the Chargers, even though nobody cares about him in Los Angeles, I mean, they're fantastic. But... <laughs> Um, no, I, I would not take him at 250. Number one, I, I get everyone's kind of looking at the Kansas City Chiefs and think that there's going to be a regression um, of all the winning that they've done. You mentioned Wilson in Denver. You know, the, the Las Vegas Raiders clearly now with a, a different head coach and Carr kind of becoming the forefront, adding Devontae Adams in the offseason as well. I would not take the Chargers, especially with a team that, number one, finds new and interesting ways to lose games, really hasn't yeah. learned how to win games, Am I really now all of a sudden going to bank on and take the Los Angeles Chargers at plus 250 to win the now? That To me, that's too light of a number. I like what they've done. I, I like their team, but I've got to kind of – it's one of those where I think i got to see it in order to believe it. Mark, before we get you out of here, I love your breakdowns of quarterbacks. I feel like you have a good eye for talent behind center. I want to ask you about this. It's, it's really random, but, you know, I just have a certain hate for a certain player. The Carolina Panthers have two quarterbacks, Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield, who yeah. are both kind of trying to figure out if either one of them is actually good at football and they're in a competition to do so. Right now, Baker Mayfield seems to be leading that race, did enough to make my Washington Commanders look a little embarrassing over the weekend. What do you think about both of those quarterbacks and just the quarterback situation in Carolina? And who would you roll out there as your starting quarterback this year? Who gives them the best opportunity behind yeah. Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield? Yeah, now I was I loved Donald coming out of USC. I you know, and I thought when the Jets drafted him that they got their guy. I couldn't have been more wrong on Sam Donald. <laughs> I really couldn't have. And and I'll rightfully I'll admit it. I don't mind admitting it. Donald never developed. I don't think it was a case of of just with the Jets not doing right by him. Although I don't think he did. I also just think he didn't progress. Right. I think his peak was the Rose Bowl game against Penn State. That was the the peak Sam Donald, and he's never gotten better from that point in time. I think it's really Baker Mayfield. Now, the problem you have is, you know, with, with Darnold, the questions were, was he an alpha male? There's no doubt about it. Baker Mayfield is an alpha male. The problem with Mayfield is, 
I think you've got to orchestrate the offense where you can run it like they did in Cleveland. Like, look at the year when he was really, really successful with the Cleveland Browns. They were, what, the number one rush offense in the NFL. They were great. They won a playoff game, went into Kansas City, had that lead, blew that lead. But still, that's when it was quintessential Baker Mayfield. I think he's, I think he's going to win the starting quarterback job down in Carolina. I think he also I, – I, I don't necessarily believe in the maturity level of Baker Mayfield – Maybe he's learned from everything that happened in Cleveland. I think he'll beat out Sam Darnold. I think he's the best option down there right now. Um, but it's more of a case of just the complete regression of Sam Darnold than it is complete confidence in Baker Mayfield. Well, Moose, we got complete confidence in you, brother. That's why we have you on the show. Can't wait to talk to you soon. <laughs> I appreciate it, guys. All the success. Thanks, Thanks for having Moose. me.